Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Late in 2015, I was participating in a personal transformational workshop, Raising My Consciousness. We were doing an exercise in which we explored and found our most important values and motivators. From the top ones, we created I am statements. My top one was, I am harmony. I continue to come back to those statements because they remind me of what's important to me. They're part of my purpose, my why, in my work, and in my life. I've been finding harmony in my life for as long as I can remember. I found harmony when I was a teenager, when on more than one occasion I created a romantic dinner for my parents, something special just for them. I believe I did it to compensate for my occasional contributions to, as teenagers do, disrupting the harmony of our family. I also did it to honor and support their relationship, to give them the opportunity to have a harmonious moment. I would now, with my 50 years of intervening experience, add that having a conversation with them and expressing my underlying feelings might have been an even more powerful way of finding harmony, but these were not well-developed practices in my family. I found harmony when I experienced the Grand Canyon and the Grand Tetons on vacations with my family, when I paddled a canoe through a three-week wilderness trip with a bunch of other ninth grade boys, when I watched my first ocean sunrise on the beach in Fort Lauderdale on spring break, when I floated underwater in the coral reefs on the island of Maui, listening to the calls of humpback whales, and whenever I was taking a walk or hiking in nature. It wasn't just peace or tranquility. It was a sense of connection involving all sense of six of my senses, a sense of dynamic and expansive wholeness, a belonging of rightness of alignment. I found harmony in an early leadership experience. As president of my fraternity, I successfully convinced my brothers to attempt a peaceful resolution of a conflict with another fraternity that had come into possession of some valuable property that belonged to us. What might have escalated into raids and skirmishes became at least publicly an amicable, or you could say harmonious agreement that it was all a misunderstanding. Given that start, it isn't much of a surprise to recognize that in most of my professional career, I found harmony resolving problems or conflicts, which is to say, finding a way to change something that was not agreeable or didn't sound or look or feel right into something that everyone could agree was acceptable. I found harmony in the mid 80s when I attended a walk on Washington protesting the government's lack of response to the AIDS crisis. Thousands of people linked arms and walked the route, chanted for and committed to change, and collectively mourned and honored the unimaginable number of lives lost that were represented by the AIDS quilt on the mall. I found harmony in an event some of you may recall in 1987 called the Harmonic Convergence. Adherents believed that a major energy shift was about to occur, a turning point in Earth's collective karma and dharma, and that this energy was powerful enough to change the global perspective of humanity from one plan of conflict to one of cooperation. 
So in the midst of exploring everything new age, I really went out on a limb and one day joined a group of about 20 people on a beach in Southern California. We chanted in a circle and we may have even heard from an entity channeled by one of the organizers. It wasn't a transformational event for me, but I can say that I was very inspired by the number of people who truly wanted harmony. When most people hear harmony, they think of its other definition related to music. Music is certainly a major part of who I am. I've been a musician, principally a choral singer, since I was in preschool. I've been singing in the Boston Gaiman's Chorus for 25 years. I found harmony when I was singing. I often have a strong sense of being happy, feeling right with the world, with my fellow performers, with the audience, and in my community. At Arlington Street Church, we covenant to dwell together in peace. I found and did my part to sustain peace and harmony in the deliberations and actions of the Prudential Committee, in the sermons from Reverend Kim and many others, in the study and sharing of Dharma and spiritual practices in the Buddha's Belly Book Group and communal meditation, and at minister's tea and in Sunday services. I found harmony in much more than this, but it really got me curious about other ways people have found harmony. Harmony is found in Hawaii. There's a story from Hawaiian oral history called the bowl of light. Each child born has at birth a bowl of perfect light. If he tends this light, it will grow in strength and he can do all things, swim with the shark, fly with the birds, know and understand all things. If, however, he becomes envious or jealous, he drops a stone into his bowl of light and some of the light goes out. Light in the stone cannot hold the same space. If he continues to put stones in the bowl of light, the light will go out and he will become a stone. A stone does not grow, nor does it move. If at any time he tires of being a stone, all he needs to do is turn the bowl upside down and the stones will fall away and the light will grow once more. Magdalena Grabowitz is an Hawaiian spiritual guide. She says that this is a story about Ho'oponopono, the Hawaiian practice of bringing things into harmony, making them right, and bringing back the natural order of things. Ho'oponopono is often translated as just forgiveness, but it's much more. You practice Ho'oponopono by taking action, whether it's with other people, or in your own life, or with nature, or with the world. Sometimes the action can be as little as having a harmonious thought or intention because your energy follows. Sometimes the action can be re reaching out and talking or connecting with someone. Sometimes this action can be about changing a habit. Practicing Ho'oponopono is most often about becoming aware of something that's hardening your heart like a stone and letting it go. Harmony is found in Aikido a Japanese form of self-defense and martial art. Terry Dobson, who holds a fourth degree black belt in Aikido, tells his story about being on a train in Japan and witnessing a drunk man loudly and abusively bullying others. I gave the drunk man a slow look of disgust and dismissal. I gave him every bit of nastiness I could summon up. I planned to take this turkey apart, but he had to be the one to move first and I wanted him mad because the matter he got, the more certain was my victory. I pursed my lips and blew him a sneering, insolent kiss. It hit him like a slap in the face. All right, he hollered. 
you're going to get a lesson. He gathered himself for a rush at me. I thought he'd never know what hit him. A split second before he moved, someone shouted, hey, it was ear splitting. I remember being hit by the strangely joyous, lilting quality of it, as though you and a friend had been searching diligently for something, and he had suddenly stumbled upon it. Hey! I wheeled to my left, the drunk spun to his right. We both stared down at a little old Japanese man. He must have been well into his 70s, this tiny gentleman, sitting there immaculate in his Komodo and Hakama. He took no notice of me, but beamed delightedly at the laborer, as though he had a most important, most welcome secret to share. Come here, the old man said, in an easy vernacular, beckoning to the drunk. Come here and talk with me. He waved his hand lightly. The big man followed as if on a string. He planted his feet belligerently in front of the old gentleman and towered threatening over him. Why the hell should I talk to you? The drunk now had his back to me. If his elbows moved as much as a millimeter, I'd drop him in his socks. The old man continued to beam at the laborer. There was not a trace of fear or resentment about him. What you been drinking? He asked lightly, his eyes sparkling with interest. I've been drinking sake, the laborer bellowed back, and it's none of your business. Oh, that's wonderful, the old man said with delight. Absolutely wonderful. You see, I love sake too. Every night, me and my wife, she's 76, you know, we, Annie proceeded to describe in elaborate detail his wife, his garden, his persimmons, his sake, the weather, his joyful experiences drinking sake with her in the evenings. He looked up at the laborer, eyes twinkling, happy as he shared this delightful information. As he struggled to follow the intricacies of the old man's conversation, the drunk's face began to soften, his fists slowly unclenched. Yeah, he said slowly, I love persimmons too, but his voice trailed off. Yes, said the old man smiling, and I'm sure you have a wonderful wife. No, replied the laborer, my wife died. He hung his head. Very gently swaying with the motion of the train, the big man began to sob. I don't got no wife. I don't got no home. I don't got no job. I don't got no money. I got nowhere to go. I'm so ashamed of myself. Tears rolled down his cheeks and a spasm of pure despair rippled through his body. Now it was my turn, standing there in my well-scrubbed youthful innocence, my make this world safer democracy righteousness, I suddenly felt dirtier than he was. Just then the trains arrived at my stop. Maneuvering my way out, I heard the old man cluck sympathetically. My, my, he said with undiminished delight, that is a very difficult predicament. Sit down here and tell me about it. I turned my head for one last look. The laborer was sprawled like a sack on the seat, his head in the old man's lap. The old man looked down at him with compassion and delight, one hand stroking his filthy, matted head. As the train pulled away, I sat down on a bench. What I had wanted to do with muscle and meanness had been accomplished with a few kind words, and the essence of it all was love. Dobson has worked with executives teaching conflict resolution for more than 20 years, and no surprise there. Psychotherapist Kenneth Silvestri references Dobson's work and beautifully describes how Aikido creates harmony. 
The work does not always work. The world does not always work the way we would want it to. When two people are walking toward each other on a narrow sidewalk, one must give away to make room to pass the other. There are many options in life to deal with ongoing opposition opposing forces and energy that come our way. When confronted by another, be it physical or verbal attack, one who is trained in Aikido gathers their universal energy that is accessible to us all and waits in a meditative action state right up to the last instant. It is then that they gracefully step off the line of attack, sensing the perspective of the attacker's viewpoint to attain a position to protect and reconcile or even enlighten the attacker. Pushing back when one is pushed is a Western cultural habit, which stops us from recognizing different means to resolve situations. Harmony can be obtained by weathering opposing views. It is an expression of our faith in humanity to embrace even the most powerful of attacks and find the space to connect with it and produce a unifying result. Harmony is found in singing together. In his book, A Path with Heart, Jack Cornfield tells a story about a tribe in East Africa where each person has a song that is the thread that binds them harmoniously to their community. Aware of her intention to conceive a child with a particular father, a mother goes off to sit alone under a tree. There she sits and listens until she can hear the song of the child that she hopes to conceive. Once she has heard it, she returns to her village and teaches it to the father so that they can sing it together as they make love, inviting the child to join them. After the child is conceived, she sings it to the baby in her womb. Then she teaches the song to the old women and midwives of the village so that throughout the labor and at the moment of birth itself, the child is greeted with its song. After the birth, all the villagers learn the song of their new member and sing it to the child when it falls or hurts itself. It is sung in times of triumph or in rituals and initiations. The song becomes a part of the marriage ceremony when the child is grown. And at the end of life, his or her loved ones will gather around the deathbed and sing the song for the last time. In the documentary movie, In Search of the Great Song, Jerusalem peacemakers Sheikh Abdul Aziz Bukhari and Eliyahu McLean speak of the peacemaking power of shared chant and movement. Arabs and Jews together polish the mirror of the heart or clear the dust that's covering their heart so divine love can shine through. People are very wounded and traumatized and have so many layers around the heart. We find that the key way to getting them together is to do a zikr, a repeated chanted invocation of the aspects of God. Simply singing in a choir helps many people find harmony. Recent research reveals that group singing not only helps forge social bonds, it does so particularly quickly, acting as an excellent icebreaker. Community singing is effective for bonding large groups, making it an ideal behavior to improve our broader social networks. Singing has also been shown to be good for you physically, mentally, and psychologically, and is generally linked to improving a sense of happiness and well-being and harmony. The pandemic has made it impossible for people physically sing together, yet choral groups like the Boston Gay Men's Chorus have actively maintained their own sense of harmonious connection and inspired their greater communities by creating digital performances and other virtual gatherings. 
from its beginnings in January, the pandemic has driven millions of people to shelter at home for long days of anxiousness and boredom. In country after country, people have responded by taking to their balconies, windows, and rooftops to sing to one another, to applaud and show gratitude to their healthcare workers, to play music, and to lift one another's spirits. People in Spain, Iraq, France, US, Lebanon, Germany, and more are singing together, gloriously living together in harmony from a safe distance. Now, harmony is not something we have all the time. We change, circumstances change, the world around us changes. Yet in those uncomfortable, often painful, non-harmonious spaces, we find the opportunities that lead us back to harmony. Pema Chodron explains this in her book, Practicing Peace in Times of War. On a very basic level, all beings think that they should be happy. When life becomes difficult or painful, we feel that something has gone wrong. This wouldn't be a problem except for the fact that when we feel something's gone wrong, we're willing to do almost anything to feel okay again, even starting a fight. So instead of taking that negative, destructive, unharmonious path, Pema recommends, one, open yourself to the continually changing, impermanent, dynamic nature of your own being and of reality. Two, increase your capacity to love and care about other people and your capacity to not be afraid. Three, practice keeping your eyes open, your heart open, and your mind open. Four, notice when you get caught up in prejudice, bias, and aggression, and develop an enthusiasm for no longer watering those negative thoughts from now until the day you die. And five, begin to think of your life as offering endless opportunities to start doing things differently, endless opportunities to dissolve those seeds of war where they originate, in the hearts and minds of individuals like you and me. My fellow seekers, the harmony I have, we all have looked for and found is everywhere in as many different forms. It's found in the intentions of people to create and share an experience, whether it's a romantic moment, an inspiring choral concert, a life-changing Northwoods adventure, a peaceful protest, a song that threads through a life, a spontaneous outburst of singing, or a spiritual community gathering. Intentions like love and friendship and equality and play and growth and freedom. It's found in the practices of people when they encounter and resolve the inevitable conflicts that arise because we're human. Practices like self-awareness, deep listening, empathy, non-judgment, open-heartedness, fearlessness, vulnerability, gratitude, and grace. It's found in the experiences of people connecting with nature, people being present in the moment, and people embracing the impermanence of all things. It's found because of effort and commitment, the opportunities to dissolve the seeds of conflict in each of us and to find harmony only become reality when people each and every one of us choose to act on them. Harmony is taught in metaphors like removing stones from bowl of light and stories like an Aikido warrior discovering an unexpected heart-centered path to resolving a conflict. And harmony is inspired by songs. 
1971, A Song Without Harmony first appeared in a commercial for a well-known soft drink. In its non-commercial form, the song immediately became a hit record in the United States and Great Britain. It was performed by a multicultural collection of teenagers on a hillside and portrayed a positive message of hope and unity and harmony. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. I'd like to hold it in my arms and keep it company. I'd like to see the world for once, all standing hand in hand, and hear them echo through the hills for peace throughout the land. May this be an inspiration for our continuing search for harmony. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.